When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening by Zencaster, as always, is my good friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, we did a couple, an episode a couple weeks ago called They're Still on the Rails. Uh, right now, things seem to be teetering a bit off the rails. <laughs> the season is not over. They're still kind of, you know, within range of the playoffs. So that's the good news. The bad news is they lost three games uh, and their last four they have a road trip coming up in Western Canada, which is not looking at all promising. And the players are speaking out. Fans are speaking out. Everything's bad right now. And uh, it doesn't look like m- much is being done to change things. Uh, it's been kind of a wild week. Uh, where are you at right now? And uh, what are your thoughts towards the New York Island? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that. Because the, the one shred of good news here is that the season is, isn't over. Yes. You know, like it's it's the Islanders are very unlu- uh very lucky that a lot of other teams in the Eastern Conference have have gone through these kind of turbulent runs already too, and um they're just the latest one to do it. But since it's happening here, it does feel like the sky's falling down. And honestly, if I think it's fair to say that right now, it's not that hyperbolic to say that the season has gone a little off the rails here. Uh, you and I and a lot of other people in the Islander in Islander country talk about how, um, you know, we, how much we appreciate the stability that the uh, Lamarillo regime has brought things rarely, even, even if uh, things aren't going well, they rarely get out of church, you know, like it's, mm. it stays within the fall four walls, but um, now it, that seems to be crumbling a bit, at, at least they're showing some cracks with uh, the Sezika thing, which I know we'll talk to mm. at deeper length later. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not inspiring at all mm-hmm. uh, because I think that their, their issues are still r- relatively fixable. And I apologize for my, my voice being a bit shot. Um, I had my uh, sister's wedding on Saturday night, but uh so it's it's fixed they're they're fixable but you and me and everybody else listening to this aren't the ones who can fix it uh it's to me there seem like there are some some simple solution personnel wise to make and we know that the that 
the Islanders version of Lou Lamarillo isn't one to just walk in the door and shake everything up um, <laughs> at all. And the most frustrating thing to me was that uh, even when the Islanders were doing all right, you and me and and I think everybody who's watched this team saw this coming, mm. uh, and and we kind of put a marker in the season uh, right here, like on on today Sunday, yeah. uh, being like yeah. Then they go out west, and mm. they better have their act together before then because you can very easily come home empty-handed, basically like they did last year. Mm. Um, and I know that professional athletes and coaches are almost robotic in the way that they just take things one day at a time and they don't look ahead or all that. But when this almost exact script happened last year, albeit later in the season, like if, if you and I could see this coming, that means that everybody <laughs> else could have, should have been able to see it coming, right? Like yeah. that was frustrating. The Islanders beat the Capitals last week. And the first thing that I thought about was, boy, they need to get, like great all right we won but mm-hmm. they better get points in uh against the wild after the hurricanes game like i, I didn't expect much out of the hurricanes game but right. i was like they they have to get a couple more points or the bruins game for that matter. yeah or the bruins game yeah like they gotta they're gonna need points because they're not playing well and when once they stop getting bounces like this is gonna turn into uh, a tailspin and the one thing i will say is I'm almost at peace at this point with it. Like it's it's a lot easier to be here in in the actual t- throws of a tailspin, uh, rather than the where we were a couple of days ago, maybe before the 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 Bruins game, where you're like, okay, or the Wild game. Like we see this coming, mm. but it's not here yet, and that's a, a little bit more stressful than actually being in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah no yeah it's always the anticipation i mean that's for anything the anticipation is a, that's what how roller coasters work you know like yeah, yeah. that ride up uh to get going is often the worst part and then afterwards there's like a little hill and then a bigger hill later on so yeah it's uh it's true and, and again there's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about that i think you and i and and you know conditioned islanders fans saw coming talking about the capitals game when you find out that a guy is making his second career start uh you're like yeah he's gonna get a win because this is how the Islanders do it every single time. There's never, I thought he was going to get a shutout. I came one goal away from being right. But it's like, it's with alarming regularity that this team makes the same mistakes over and over and over again. And that's what's made this so frustrating. Uh, before we dive in fully, reminder that we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. You can get ad-free episodes of this show, plus bonus podcasts, written posts, and a whole lot more. Check us out on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Sign up today. Plans start as low as two bucks a month. Uh, so I don't know how we want, how granular we want to get into these three games this week because A, they sucked, and B, uh, they all kind of followed a similar script. We're talking about a 4-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild, and then a 5-2 loss to the Boston Bruins, and then a 4-1 loss to Washington at home on Saturday, the, yesterday when we were recording this. Um, and in all of them, the Islanders didn't really play all that poorly for large portions of the game. They were pretty even with Minnesota. Uh, they were, you know, two, two going into the third period, the wheels fell apart. Uh, just take, took too many penalties, too many turnovers. Uh, and before you know it, boom, it's, it's over and it's, you know, four, two wild. And there you go. Engvall gets benched the next game. We'll talk about that too. Uh, again, against the Bruins, they again, played pretty well for against a team that's, you know, in first place in the conference. Uh, they were only down 2-1 going into the third, which all things considered is pretty good. They tie it on a beautiful shorthanded goal by Simon Holmstrom 
And you think, okay, and this is great. But then on that same power play, they give up a goal to David Pasternak, and then the Bruins go take it from there, and they win 5-2. Charlie Coyle has a hat trick, and that's the end of that. And then against the Caps, I mean, honestly, they were the better team for the most part, but the Caps kind of you know hunkered down around rookie Hunter Shepard, and towards the end of the second, two goals, one with 40 seconds left in the period. They threw everything they could at the kid in the third period, but it was all just kind of just point shots and hope plays that, you know, you hope bounced off of somebody, but it didn't really work. Nothing was super high danger. And Ovechkin gets a second into an empty netter goal, 800 and God knows whatever. And, you know, it, it was a very tidy four, one loss that seemed like it shouldn't have happened. Like, I mean, they were only down three, one going into third against a team, starting a rookie goalie that hadn't played all that well. You'd think, okay, well, you know, at least we can get this thing to overtime. Can't we No, like in the blink of an eye, it went from, Know, 16 minutes in the third to three minutes in the third and you're just like this is this is over this is done and this so it's it was three very frustrating ways to lose hockey games by playing pretty well and then the wheels just come off in the third and this is where people start getting mad at the coach and you know this has already been a story now people firing chanting fire lane fire lambert uh at the end of the caps game casey Sezikis said to reporters later on it's a joke that stuff ticks me off. It really does. I got no time for those fans. I got no time for them. If they want to be like that, they can stay home. Strong words from Mr. Dial. I want to die an Islander and we get it. It's, it's tough. You know, I don't want, I wouldn't want to hear booze at my, my job either, but man, when you lose three games like this in the same week, it's brutal. And, and, you know, it's just to not pick up any points and to just have, you know, these three, three games in which you played pretty well, I'll go to the third in winnable situations. And then you come out with zero points, man, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be like, Oh, well, I guess we'll get them next time. Like, no, no, there is no next time. The game's over. Like we, we got to get points here. And so I get where Casey's coming from, but man, you can't, you can't vocalize like that. Were you at, obviously you weren't at Saturday's game. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Tuesday's game, or I guess the Bruins game was in Boston, but like, were you at that? game against the wild by any chance or how much of this these three did you manage to watch at all no i wasn't there i i did watch basically all the hmm. the first two and um yeah the, the frustrating thing is um I'll, I'll park the capitals and casey conversation for a second is um th- them losing these games is i'm gonna say it again like the, fr- the frustrating thing about it is we all saw it coming like mm. If it would it would be a little different if this wasn't a uh, endemic issue with this team that's now uh, two years old. Like this isn't mm. this isn't something that's brand new. Where like they, oh man, they're just going through a a cold streak shooting, or they're just not getting a save, or bad breaks, or whatever. No, we we've we've seen this story before. We saw it last year until the All Star break, really. Well, and like I said, it just came later in the season last year. I mean, there was that start where a lot of this, there are these issues um, in that two and four start. But then if it was around January, they went one, seven and three. Um, and I think it, it, when they went out West, so they beat the Blue Jackets at home two uh, one mm. uh, to give them a three game winning streak. And I, if you remember, we were like, Okay, that was good. Like they're they're in good sh- shape, but this can go pear shaped very quickly here. Like they've they've done nothing um, to 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 instill confidence that they're going to be able to weather 
another storm. And and this was a team that that was their bread and butter was like weathering adverse moments uh, when they were at their best. And then so they beat they beat the Blue Jackets. They they flew out to uh, Seattle on New Year's Day. Um, mm. And if you remember, that was one of the worst games of hockey yeah. you'd, you'd have ever seen. They lost 4-1. They rebounded with a win against the Canucks who were circling the drain at the moment. Um, and then they pre- proceeded to just uh, be terrible for until <laughs> until the end of, until the All Star break. Right. Uh, they finally got off the Schneid with a with a win against the Red Wings, um, and the Golden Knights. Like they they went on a, like a little bit of a heater in and out of the All Star break with pre and post Horvat. But um, yeah. So we like th- that's the frustrating thing is this isn't a new problem. This is something we saw last year with this same group for the most part and the same coaching staff. So why, why hasn't it just been better? Like where, where is the, where's the team that can like pull itself out of these moments? Because uh, I don't trust them at all to be able to do this. Like this is, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so frustrating because like I've I've seen I've seen these these losses so many times from this yeah. this team the past three seasons um and then so the Sezikis game so yeah they the, my, it was my sister's wedding uh, on Saturday and uh we actually my now brother in law was staying at the Garden City Hotel and uh, nice. I had that circled of course because I was like yeah. okay that means like you know the Washington Capitals are probably going to be there they're playing the Islanders that night I'm going to make sure I do the- my part. The Garden City Hotel is like low key kind of an important place in Islanders history. Like a yes. lot of crazy stuff has gone on there <laughs> related to the Islanders over the years. So it's kind of funny. And and Ed, Ed Belfour fought Alex Ald in the <laughs> lobby of the uh, Garden City Hotel when they wow. were both on the Panthers. Um, but I had this circled knowing that they were in New Jersey the night before. And um, I want to say I was actively looking for them, but I did run into them in the like on, on like a lobby. And of course, like the first person I see is Kirk Muller, mm. obviously. Um, and he's like, "Oh, is there a wedding tonight? Is it one of you guys getting married?" And I said, "No, I can't talk to you. Like, I'm an <laughs> Islanders fan." <laughs> and he laughed. Actually, he like just like mm. you did, very you know, <laughs> took it took it well. And he's mm. like, "Ah, oh, no, I get it, I get it." But mm. like, is it you? Are you getting married? And I was like, "No, I I actually can't. T- I would." I'm not allowed to talk to you like you <laughs> that stunt you for the stunt you pulled <laughs> and you laughed again and kind of just like went about his business. And then yeah. uh, I was with my brother and Tom Wilson walked by and he's like, you know, that was a real cheap, uh, cheap shot you put on Wisnowski. Uh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. And he, Ed was, Ed, Tom Wilson was like, what? And my brother's like, when you hurt Lubo, that was a cheap shot. <laughs> and he's like, he's got to keep his head up. And then, and then we started yelling back at him and i was like yeah and then hickey got you man and he's like five foot ten and and he's like he's like you tell them to stay off the tracks and then just walked away and wow. then my other brother and i were just waiting for an elevator and dylan strom walked off and he was looking at his phone so he almost walked into us and did, oh i'm sorry sorry i didn't see you and i was like go aisles and he goes oh come on and just kept walking um so if you're dylan strom you should be thankful that somebody recognized yeah. you enough in a in a, a road city to you know r- not acknowledge and be a fan and be like, hey man, I would not have 
I would not have recognized Dylan Strom. I think I'd probably barely recognize Ryan Strom. He played for the Islanders for like six years. So I, uh, like, come on, Dylan. But, give but me, this is my advantage, right? Like, <laughs> right. This, this, this is this is home ice advantage. This is all, all within the rules right. of of love and war. I think yeah. it, it wasn't like we were mm. taking crowbars to them, right? right? We were just good like on, chirping them. Good on and, Ted uh, Leonsis for uh, shelling out for a nice yeah, right? for his cap. Yeah. So good on that. <laughs> um, and uh, the uh, so like that went on for a while, and then mm. um. We went to the wedding. I saw what happened, and then I saw the Sezikis quotes. And little does he know, like eight hours or ten hours before that, there were Islander feds trying to do their part. Yeah, know, tried tried to throw some capitals off their game the best they could That's in the funny. lobby of a hotel while wearing tuxedos. They're probably like, "Do not go out there. There's some psychopaths and <laughs> bow ties." Did you have you? Have you reckoned with the fact that maybe you fired the caps yeah. up in order? Even if I, yeah, I, 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 would, I, yeah, I have, and I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm not mad about it because I, <laughs> I'm, I did what I had to do. I said what sure. I had to say to, to two Islander villains, and yeah. Uh, but the my point is that like, yeah, Casey, they can say that. Yeah. Just like you can say you. I mean, the question has to get asked, and you're always like, no player is going to say. Oh yeah, I'm I'm with them, you know. Like, yeah. you, you, I think Cal Clutterbuck came as close as you can say, as you can to endorsing it. He said like, uh, what that every they paid for it so they can do whatever mm. they want. Well, Bo Horvat was like, you know, it's on us to right. to stop them from doing that. Like, we've got to play better and we've got to win. And he's right. <laughs> and he's know? seen like, it before. Like, sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so much, you know. And, and it's funny, like you would, they're about the same age, probably. And so it's just two two very different approaches. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like, I just, I don't know. I get where Casey's coming from, but at the same time, man, they got to tell you something. Like, right. they got to say something. And you know who this fan base is. Like, this isn't right. like the Toronto Maple Leafs or mm. uh, Oilers or the like Vancouver Canucks, where every little th- like water drop gets turned into a thunderstorm. It's right. It's a fair. It's a ve- It's. I don't think the. I don't think as a whole. Uh, there are fickle fans in every fan base, but I don't think as a whole Islander fans are fickle. This is a very um, well context, you know, mm. a, a fan base that understands context pretty well and understands situations pretty well. And you're, oh, there are always going to be little sects that are uh, anti whatever coach, whatever captain, whatever superstar, and whatever G- GM are in charge. Um, but for the most part, I think Islander fans just understand where this team is in the grand scheme of things, not just in hockey, but in yeah. the entire sporting universe. I mean, um, we've said that Islanders fans are among the most plugged in of all hockey fans. Like you could just watch a game and you know that these people get it. I mean, this, these are right. people that have cheered dump outs and playoff games because it just meant that the other team had to go back and try it again. And like, you know, that, that wall was set up on their own blue line and you just weren't going to get anything like who does that? Who, who cheers, you know, uh, for checking at the end of a game? Like, not a lot of people will do that. These people are plugged in, and we have one. We have one wish. We just want you to win games, and like you've lost four in a row, and in every one you just fell apart in the third period, which again is the most frustrating thing. And it's natural for us to look upon the coach because, like I said off the top, it does not seem as if anybody is doing a damn thing to fix this. <laughs> that's that's where the frustration comes in. Like. 
the players certainly are playing the same way and nothing, they're not getting any results. The coach isn't cha- hasn't, doesn't seem to have changed anything. The GM signed everybody for six or seven years. So then we know they're not going anywhere. Uh, I did see one person be like, oh, we need new ownership. That's stop. Stop that right now. Because uh, we've been through other ownership ringers with this team. No, that these guys, those guys are fine. Leave them alone. But the, you know, the on ice product needs to be changed and something needs to happen because you can't keep going on like this. Just losing games in the third period. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand what. And like, what are the players thinking about this? Like when you go into the locker room after throwing, you know, blowing a game in the third period or, you know, not making, not making what really should be, you know, one or two goal comeback. Like, what are they thinking? Like, well, we'll get them next time. Well, what, you know, what you run out of next time? What if the next time is in Edmonton, a place where you fairly, you barely seem to win ever. And then Vancouver, Seattle, and Calgary. We're going to talk all about the road trip coming up. Like none of it makes any sense. And like, you know, you and I are here venting our frustrations into a podcast. Half of the Islanders fan base seems to have podcasts. So it's like, you know, this is a common way to get, get your frustrations out. But if you don't and you're at the game, people are going to boo you. And to be blunt, a lot of people from the sound of UBS Arena, it sounds like a lot of people did stay home. Because in that third period of that Caps game on Saturday, that place was dead. It was an absolute library. Like, there was nothing going on. Because it, there was just no reason to believe the Islanders were going to come back. They threw... All these like low danger shots at this kid who looks like Gallagher, by the way. It's really weird. He's got a, you, you. You said you saw him too in the hotel. Yeah, I did, but I had no idea who he yeah, was. Of course I not. just thought he was. I was like, okay, he's who is this guy? And some long haired um, mustache guy. Yeah, because like, I recognize a lot of like Kuznetsov sure. we saw and TJ Oshie, right? Uh, a lot of other you know, random capitals, but was, and Charlie and even like Charlie Lindgren, who I know just because he's. Ryan Lindgren's brother and has a mustache, but uh, <laughs> it, and Sonny Milano, who looks right, like course, uh, yeah. an ABA basketball player from the seventies, he was like wearing a. He's got the huge hair, yeah, right. Huge hair, bell bottom sweatpants kind of things, but like were sort of tucked into his socks, which and had these weird sandals on. It was he, he had a look, <laughs> That's a look um, yeah. to him, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're like you're. We we also saw this exact game play out. Yeah, against the Capitals. Times. Yeah, even even a week ago, it's just the Islanders were the team that won. Right. <laughs> like, like the Capitals had a ton of shot attempts, very little low danger stuff, and mm. so it was. I, you could say it was payback for that. Mm. But the problem is that this effort, which was from what I could tell from looking at numbers and he, just talking to people, generally okay. Mm. Um. It's unforgi- It's only unforgivable because it came on the heels of the this spat of games mm. in which they've just shot themselves in the foot. Like you, the whole ethos of this team is to be well drilled, and everyone has their marching orders, and they don't make mistakes, they don't beat themselves, and all all that stuff. And the Islanders have one win in uh, since October. 30th i believe yeah since halloween yeah and uh in each of those games they had a genuine chance to win i mean the bruins game you could say they at least had a chance to get a point after the holmstrom goal um so the fact that you come away with nothing out of the last three and one point out of the last four games in which you had a three goal lead then you had a, a leads against the wild you had a uh, you tie were tied with the Bruins in the third period and outshot the Capitals, or out attempted them by fifty two, mm. and you come out with nothing. It's just yeah, right. 
yeah save it save it like i love casey's Vegas and 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 i still understand that's a tough spot to be put in as a player when you get asked that question because you need to mm. make a statement and casey is very um floral with his language as mm. we know but don't don't tell don't tell the fans to stay home like you the islander fans do their part right like that's the one thing you can never question about this fan base uh this isn't this is a fan base that shows up there's no there it's not like corporate empty seats uh for half a game because people are in uh, suites and whatever getting a tour or doing Mm. random bullshit this is a fan base that comes and watches hockey games when they should go to the game Mm. uh and all that does is threaten this team with a circus and the Islanders have gone, have done such a good job of avoiding the circus. Mm. There's been so many circuses around the league, even just this year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and each time, each time another one pops up a tent, I'm like, thank God the Islanders aren't like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely like, take a drink every time Elliot Friedman says that Steve Steos wants to, you know, quiet the noise in Ottawa. Yeah. He said this probably a thousand times in the last three weeks. And if you took a drink every time, you'd be dead. So, it's, uh, but yeah, but I'm, but you know, and like, here's the thing, like the Canucks were a circus and now they're, they're winning. So they're right. not a circus anymore. The Leafs are always going to be a circus, but again, they, they started picking up wins. And now the Oilers today, who we're going to talk a lot about in the second half fired their coach. So there's going to be a little bit of, cir- but now everybody's going to get that sort of bump where it's like, oh, wow, look at all this, look at this new toy we have here right. uh, until the next thing. So yeah, it's, it's now it's, you know, it's going to be and, a thing. And I, as I said, Exactly, it's a thing, and it's at the worst possible time because, yes. like you said, teams these teams that were circuses yeah. are now getting their shit together. While the Islanders are going the opposite way, the Penguins yep. have won four in a row. Yeah, of uh, course. Which we yeah, also saw coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, the Florida the Panthers are pretty hot right now. Mm. Don't even need to talk about the Rangers. Like the Capitals have somehow raced out to seven four and two start after everyone. Yep said they might be the worst team in the NHL because they lost their first two games. Mm. Uh, the Red Wings are still doing all right. Like, this is... Yeah, yeah the Islanders are, have just felt, fallen like a stone in water because yeah. they're a circus right now. And yeah. it's all stuff that is by their own doing from top to bottom. Like, why... Uh, can we talk about the Angval thing now, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. was going to say, so, like... You know, in all of these games, again, they're, the Islanders had chances to take the lead or at least, you know, go to overtime. And and uh, in the game against Minnesota, Engvall had set up Oliver Wallstrom for a beautiful goal that made you, reminded you, oh, yeah, this guy Wallstrom is pretty good. But, of course, then they gave up the tying goal and then fell apart in the third period. In that third period, um, uh, Engvall was trying some kind of weird dipsy-doodle move in his own zone. He got picked off by Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon, of all people, picked off a puck. I mean, that's a bad sign. Ends up saying that to Joel Erickson Eck, basically for you know what ended up being the the final nail in the coffin. That was that made it a four uh, two game at that point, and that's how it ended. So the next game in Boston, you know, we the writers are looking at practice, and there's no Pierre Engvall. He's out with the scratches, and it looked like, and in fact. Engvall was scratched uh, for that game against Boston, which again they lost. But again, they played pretty well. They just lost. And, you know, my my take on it was they weren't going to win that game with Engvall anyway. And from a disciplinary perspective, I kind of get it because the team has been falling apart in third periods. 
you can you can't bench Anders Lee, you can't bench bench Matt Martin. We'll talk about that in a second too. And so Engvall makes kind of an easy target to be like, okay, guys, we have to stop this. And Pierre is going to sit because of this as sort of a message sent to the rest of the team. Like if you if you bench people are like, oh, why don't they bench Lee? If you bench Lee, what is the message that you can't be slow? Like I don't understand what what is the what is the message there? I'm just going to punish the captain for for somebody else's mistake. So it had to happen. People were like, oh, you're taking the, one of the best players off the best line. Yeah, okay. He also hasn't scored yet this season. We love Pierre, but he hasn't scored a goal yet this season. And so it, again, created this circus, which was the last thing the Islanders needed. And of course, you know, th- they didn't need any help losing in Boston because they do that all the time. Uh, but it just, and now it's funny because now with the <laughs> with the loss to Washington, people seem to have completely forgotten about this scratch. But uh, it was it was a wild, you know, 48 hours or so where people were, kind of making Engvall out to be, you know, 1977 Gila Fleur and making Lane seem like he's kind of <laughs> lost the plot. But I, I kind of get it. Like, I kind of understand it because I want something done to fix these problems. And at least somebody's trying something, right? And it just didn't work, obviously. But yep. And it probably was never going to work. But at least it was something. At least it showed that, like, everybody's, you know, Lane is alive and he can make a decision here. But it didn't really work out. So, yeah, I mean, what was your take on it? Like, it, it, yeah, it, I, it was a weird thing. Yeah, I think uh, in the in, in the right context, it would have been the right thing to do. But sure. the the problem was then that game against the Bruins, Anders Lee has a brutal turnover to the defensive yep. zone. Falls down. Yeah. Falls down. <laughs> Sam Bolduc looked like he was trying to what? score on the, the, the now two-on-one down low. Like he, I, don't, I couldn't believe what he was doing. Did, yeah. If you remember the goal, he had his, he was facing the Islanders goal. Um, and uh, I don't know if Charlie Coyle apparently had the, the best game of, of all time in that uh, in that win because it was the way it was celebrated. But uh, he had a hat trick. But uh, whoever had the puck on the pass looked like he had two options. One was to pass it to Sam Bolduc, who would try to tip it in past Sorokin, or he could go to the far post to whoever ended up scoring the goal. But that's how Sam Bolduc played that puck. So yeah. not only did you have Lee turn the puck over again and just continue his really tough start to the season, then you have Bolduc do that, and you can say, "Oh, well, the Islanders, you know, they don't have the bodies on defense to to replace Bolduc." Wave them, like at this yeah. point, How, what what team is yeah. in the NHL has had their number seven defenseman probably cost them <laughs> six points in in like his thirty games he's played them ten? You, I don't know. You can maybe even go beyond that. Uh, so that's one, two is like Anders Lee just gets off scot-free and that, so yeah, like I, I was fine with him scratching Engvall to make a point. And then, but then also the thing that pissed me off after that was, Hey, why did you scratch Pierre Engvall? Oh, that's between me and Pierre. Yeah. Like the, the cone of silence is fine. We, we, I think we both appreciate it, but you can, just, when it's something yeah. like that, like we saw, yeah. we saw what happened. You can just say he had a, an egregious turnover. Right. We, we we've been terrible in third periods and yeah. that play was, was endemic and, and representative of all of the bad plays that we've made in yep. third periods over the last week. So I had Setting to send a message, message. and that's right. it. And that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's what I told Pierre. Pierre. Like, like that's, yeah. Yeah. It, that's the, like, that's when it just get, that's when it becomes like a, a mockery of itself. Cause I right. think both of us agree that the cone of silence is a useful thing, especially in, in this sport where right. if you let anything out of the room, Somebody at the athletic is going to start writing fan fiction. Like yeah. that's it's yeah. all, the next thing you know. Like 
James Myrtle shows up at your doorstep and has a uh, is like breaking into your house and stealing family heirlooms. <laughs> well, I mean, in this, like our worst thing was you know in, in the preseason. Well, where's Kyle Palmieri? Well, he's day to day. Well, it's, he's out for three weeks. So what do you come on, dude? It's the preseason. It's the, like, just tell it's, us yeah, what's it's, wrong. It's training camp. The, the yeah. guys are here. That they're at Adventureland today. You can, <laughs> yeah. Like it's okay. It's okay to tell us what's going on when yeah. they're at Adventureland. Let, let's talk about Lee real quick because he, you know, the Engvall benching kind of brought up the Lee conversation. He hasn't been great this season. He's got two points in whatever it is, thirteen games. Again, we've said this before. We love Anders Lee, the person. He's just the, the you know the kind of guy you want representing your team. But on the ice, things are bad. They've moved him on. He's been on literally every line. He goes from the you know the third line. He's been on every line, but the fourth line because the fourth line is locked in stone, obviously. But he's been you know one day he'll be on the first line, then he'll get busted down. Holmstrom was on the first line against the Caps, and he looked great. And then they put a Lee there, and you know everything kind of fell apart. Uh, he just doesn't seem to have a spot right now. And as I was telling uh, our friend Rat Martin on Twitter, like. If he was just a power play specialist at this point, where he just, you know, come off the ice, park his, his massive frame in front of the net and create havoc and allow the Islanders to score power play goals, you know, you could live with it because they would be productive and, you know, okay, fine. Maybe he can't get up and down the ice and maybe he doesn't really fit on a line, but at least he's, he's got this one thing that he's really, really good at. The problem is he's not really good at that anymore either. And obviously the Islanders power play isn't really as good as it should be or could be. And uh, it's tough to watch. And he's got like, what, three more years at that seven million. Man, I, I don't have an answer for this. And this is, again, you know, I, I sympathize with Lane because I just don't know what to do. You can't scratch this guy. And then it, then it becomes another circus. Oh, my God. The Islanders have scratched their seven million dollar captain. Well, why'd they sign him for that? Well, because the other f- captain left the year before. So that's why they had to sign him. Like, come on, give me a break. We all we all forgot about that. So it it becomes, you know, this sort of. Ouroboros eating its own head, uh, only in this case, it's Anders Lee kind of eating his own head. And, and it's just a weird situation to be in. I, I don't envy Lane at all because I don't have an answer for you. I mean, you yeah, can't put I, him on the line with Barzell and Horvat work well together. But then with Lee, there's there's like an odd man out. And, you know, Holmstrom and Pajot and Fashing work together. But then you put Lee there and the whole thing falls apart. So I don't I, know what to do with him. I think that there actually isn't a solution here. Hmm. Um, you don't have to keep playing the fourth line together. That is, yeah. And you don't need to dress Hudson fashion every night. Yeah. Like you can, you can, if you, if you bump out Matt Martin for a night mm. and put Anders Lee in either that role or you, and then you, like if you, let's just say you took out Matt Martin and Hudson fashion for a night mm. and you inserted Julian Gauthier or Oliver Wallstrom, who I guess at this point in their career, what's the difference, right? Like <laughs> doesn't make it, I don't think it makes a difference. No. So, so you just assume it's, it's, uh, you know, those, those two guys coming out, uh, Holmstrom, I'm sorry, Wallstrom and, and Gautier coming in, then you can move Lee down to mm. the four, third or fourth line, either play with mm. Peugeot and Holmstrom or Peugeot and Wallstrom or Gautier and put the other one on the fourth line for now. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, that's one of, like, they're shooting themselves on the foot on and off the ice by not doing, they, they like, not doing this kind of stuff because, yeah. The fourth line doesn't need to be out there. Yeah. It's it's just this has been a thing too for two years where we're like, oh well, you know, at least Lane has told us he's not committed to to just mm, nope. running this line into the ground. Right. Uh no, he is. And and <laughs> I, I don't think that it, it 
anybody outside of the Islanders would think that it's a big deal that Matt Martin is in the right. press box for a yeah. bunch of games in the regular season. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. He's their, clearly their 13th forward. Because right now, if you go through this lineup and you, you search and you separate the forwards by guys who you trust could score uh, if they had the puck on their stick and with a decent scoring chance and guys who you don't trust, mm. you have six dead bats in the lineup right now. Yeah. The, the, the entire fourth line, uh, Lee, mm. Fashing, Pajot, mm. like, yeah, there. That's that's six. That's six and eight and, out of twelve. And to be blunt, as much as as Horvat and Barzell look well together, you know, weaving in and out of each other's you know lanes and drop passes and stuff like that. That's all beautiful hockey. You guys got to score a goal. Score like you got to score, score the goal. You got you have yeah. to. Enough with this. Somebody's got to put the puck in the net, and it can't always be Brock Nelson. <laughs> like, you know, he's yeah. the only guy. Again, don't forget. You know, we all love Pierre Engvall. The guy has no goals this season. So as yeah. good as he's been playing, you know, we're we're into sort of like yeah. we're, we're ve- veering into Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Bailey territory. We're like, yeah, he's playing okay, but he's got to score a goal. Like you know, we're twelve yeah. games into the season now, or whatever. He, he should just shoot the puck. Like he doesn't shoot the puck, which is no, his, his no. problem more than anything. I think there's. I think he had four shots against the Capitals, but. Uh, before that, yeah, it, that line had sixty six total shots, yeah, uh, and fifty eight of them came from Palmieri and yeah. <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I get that playing those two guys are have haven't met a shot they don't like, but uh, <laughs> but once again, like Angvall's been great, I think as dr- yeah. overall as an Islander, and he's been good sure. this season. So, so for Vadim and Barzell, they just yeah. don't score. <laughs> they just don't score. Uh, and what is that? That that also tells you as good as that second line's been. You can we can move things around here to yeah. to make to find the right mix. Uh, I think it's it's and it's time. It's it's well past time to do that, and it's it's well past time to say, oh man, you know, playing Sam Bolduke, his 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 average time on ice in ten games. Scott yeah. Mayfield's played six games this season, so Sam Bolduke at this point has played four more games than him. He's played the same amount of games as Adam Pellick, and he's playing under ten minutes a game. He's playing nine thirty eight. Yeah. These is these are bad decisions. I think yeah. at this point, for yeah. for a game or two, it's fine. Yeah, but it's right. not. It's not a game or two. Right. That's that's eight percent of the season or whatever. Ten yeah. percent of the season, whatever it's whatever that comes out to. And the Islanders have. You you were talking about Hangval uh, not scoring. Mm. Of of players who have played at least ten games, of forwards who have at least have, have played at least ten games, they have Martin, Lee. Angval, Peugeot, uh, all with one or fewer goals. Fashing's yeah. not far behind them. He's only played eight games, so, but he's on zero. The, they have three more who are at two or less, including Barzell. Like, yeah. You're going to have to fix something here. Yeah. You're not getting much offensively out of the defense outside of Noah Dobson, who's been right. fantastic, obviously, this season and leads the team yeah. in points right now with 12 in 13 and, games, which is, which is outstanding. Like, that's he's fantastic. amazing. He's right. been so good, and, and we're wasting right. that. And yeah. and we're also wasting, like, Simon Holmstrom becoming a really solid yes. player. It's – so, that, like, the, the things that aren't working, I, I, I'll say it again, are fixable. Right. But you just have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do it. You have right. to – I don't know. And that's what's killing, I think, everybody yeah. who's watching the teams. Because if, yeah. if, if uh, you know, the, the guy who you're standing next to – uh, online for coffee tomorrow morning can can diagnose the Islanders' problems. Mm. 
that should probably tell you mm-hmm. that the, the coach should probably be able to, to diagnose the problems. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. He, he might be overthinking. He might just be overthinking. He, he, I think he does. Yeah. Like yeah. we, 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 it's weird. You can point to this and it's not, it's not, I, I wouldn't say this is the reason that this slide has happened, but when they had that two, nothing lead against the Red Wings that he just blew up the top six for some reason. Yeah. Um, since then, they blew that lead to the Red Wings. Uh, they beat the Capitals in a game they didn't deserve. Mm. And so, yeah, like they've played three good periods since then. Like that. Yeah. But that I think that is he, he, in a weird way. He he he's very slow on the mm. trigger finger, but he's not even on the right trigger. Like, he, like he's on he's on a completely no he just seems to make a change and then if it doesn't work immediately he changes it back or changes it again and it's just it ain't weird changes I, one other thing i just wanted to point out um the islanders haven't won a game as an underdog yet this season either <laughs> they've every game they've won they were they were betting favorites and mm. and under trots and, and and last year when they were playing well they regular they were they were one of the better underdog teams in the league so wow they need to win a game they're not supposed to win <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, again, they, they didn't play all that well against the caps and they, and they walked away with a game like that, but uh, yeah, it's um no, I was going to say like one thing before we, we uh, go into the second half here is like judging by Lane's reactions on the bench, it seems like maybe they're not executing what he's told them to do because he seems very exasperated before and after the games. He's like, you know, he's, he's very monotone. He doesn't really show a lot of emotion. And then during the games, he's like, fuming like he's it's like face is red he's got like the the steam coming out of his ears like you know uh wiley coyote or or elmer fudd and it's just like man he he's getting as angry as we are but like we can't change it he can change it and i just don't know if it's happening and and the other thing that ticks me off is that you know we've we've talked about the change to barry and you know i hate to compare but like we've talked a lot barry was burnt out barry needed a break lou recognized that basically gave him a year off with full pay to get everything together and now he's moved on to management. So it's kind of worked out for everybody. But like with one of the other things too, that we heard at that time was that the guys had started to chafe a little bit under the structure that Barry had, had instituted over the course of four years. And I get that. Like, it's tough, you know, playing defensive hockey is hard. And these guys have played a lot of it over the last couple of years. And I kind of get that, but now we've gone the other direction where there is no structure whatsoever. And I feel like Lane is probably teaching them some sort of structure and it is not being adhered to. And he is having trouble kind of bringing them back to that because when this team plays structured as they had against, you know, the, the Coyotes in that, probably their best game of the season so far, like it works for them, you know, or given that, that game against the Senators where they played pretty well, you know, it works. But, you know, if they're not listening to him and they're not following his instructions and they're not playing his, his you know, game plan or whatever, I don't know. I, you know, something needs to change. Like those guys, they either need to get it or whatever. Maybe he he needs to go. So. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. We don't have a lot of answers. <laughs> I, I can't imagine seeing Anders Lee on the fourth line anytime soon. Although <laughs> you made a very compelling argument for that. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think yeah. it'll. I don't think yeah. it'll happen. And yeah. at all. But I think that there's just a way to throw right. him into the bottom six and yeah. just reconfigure it. And mm-hmm. it just starts with saying to the to the fourth line that right there, that there will probably be another time for you here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not definitely. just because you just scratch someone for a game. Doesn't mean it's a it's the end of the world. Yeah. yeah like, come on. Yeah. 
good good point. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and we're going to talk about this upcoming road trip to Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. And then we are going to have another edition of Master Leaf Theater. So come back with us on the other side. Thanks. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. So the Islanders go on their first extended road trip of the season this week. They are in Edmonton on Monday. That is an 830 start. So the probably the night you're listening to this. Uh, then they are in Vancouver on Wednesday in Seattle, a night later on Thursday, and then Saturday night. They are in Calgary. Uh, it's a seven o'clock start on Saturday, but the two middle ones there in Vancouver and in Seattle are both at 10. Um, I'm just going to be blunt. Uh we're going to talk a lot about the Oilers and their changes in a second, but I'm looking at these three, these four teams, three of whom have kind of struggled so far this season. One of whom can do no wrong. Uh, they're up three, nothing on the Canadians right now, as we speak, the Canucks are, uh, and I see four straight losses. I just, I can't see the way this team, the Islanders are playing right now. I cannot see a scenario in which they take any one of these games. I don't care how much these teams are struggling. The Oilers are second to last in the Pacific division. The Flames and Kraken aren't far behind them or, or far in front of them. These should be winnable games, but the way the Islanders are playing now, I can't see them winning any of them. And so they've already lost four in a row. And I have a feeling that the next episode we do, we will be talking about an eight-game losing streak. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm looking at these and I'm like, there's no way. How, how do they win these games? How do they win a game in Calgary? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know when the last time I saw it happen. How are they going to beat this Canucks team that, you know, right now is on the, the PDO bender of all time. Even the even their fans have recognized, yeah, this is just kind of happening now, as much fun as it is. And the Oilers just fired their coach, so it's going to be the first game against a new coach. You know the Islanders aren't going to win that game, period. They, they never win those kinds of games. So this just looks bad. And uh, I'm, I'm very, 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 very nervous that we're going to come back and we're going to talk about an eight-game losing streak in the season really, ser- seriously, truly being very much off the rails and perhaps permanently. So I don't know. You look at these four. What do you think uh, when you see them? Yeah, I, uh, we we saw this. We knew this was coming. Like we I, we had a feeling that we'd be at this episode two weeks right. ago. We said that, yeah. that feeling that this episode we're going to be talking about this road trip and the potential of it just 
completely capitulating the season mm. and it has that potential now and like you it's really hard to see any of these games going the right way at all uh the islanders are going to be underdogs in each game the schedule does them no favors they have one day off yeah yeah in between uh the game in washington and going to edmonton uh of course you know what else is funny is is a couple weeks ago you and i were talking about how uh we had this oilers game circled for mcdavid coming back from his injury yes (laughs) and you kind of just felt like this game was going to be weird like they're like the Oilers season was gonna it's it's been crazy so far this like they've been a circus the entire way so far and Mm. for some reason i just we had this feeling that this islanders game was gonna be a crossroads for maybe both teams and lo and behold here comes some random ahl coach Mm. uh to coach the oilers uh and make his debut against the islanders which we just knew was going to come uh that something something strange was going to happen at this game and here it is so it's four and six nights uh then there was a back-to-back in the middle of it uh and they get the the crack and on the second night of the back-to-back so the the team like you said they're they're taking on the the red hot canucks it's going to be a circus because it's horvat's return yeah Uh, and i like that andrew gross Got ahead of ahead of that by asking Bo Horvat uh, about his return to to Vancouver uh, before the Islanders played the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> it's never too early. Never, it's too, never early. too early to to get ahead of that one. I'm all about being prepared. So I yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh my God. Um, yeah, the and then uh, yeah, it's hard. Uh, I was talking to somebody today at the league or in who's in the league and was like. There, the Islanders are in trouble, and I said, "Yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for that." Um, <laughs> and he said, he kind of looked at it as as an outsider looking at the four opponents, being like, "They they should be okay. Like the Canucks are going well, but they're they should come back to to earth at some point. Eventually, they will. Like, yeah, they'll lose just, like eight or ten games in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, the Kraken have been up and down. The Flames have been pretty poor." Yeah. generally for the season and then the Oilers are are just out of control. And it was funny to hear him talk about that as an outsider, like very matter of factly. And then me, I'm like, yeah, there, there's no way they can beat any of these teams. <laughs> I think <laughs> I the same care. exact way. I feel the yeah. same way. I, yeah. I, what's, what would be a, what would be a good result for this four game road trip? If they take one of these games, I'll be pleasantly surprised. If they take two of them, I will be ecstatic. <laughs> you know, if they take yeah. five points, you know, you lose in overtime, then okay, great. That's that's fantastic, really, seriously. And if they win anything more than that, that that's great. Yeah, like I, just, I think it's I think it's fair. Like, yeah, yeah. Had this road trip come a week and a half earlier, I think we could say, oh man, a a win and uh, like three points is fine. Like, right. fine, whatever. You'd you'd want at least four, but it happens. Yeah, but I think now. Like in theory, what you said is right, but mm. because we're our expectations are so low. But when you look at where they are in the standings, they yeah. probably need to win two games. Yeah, on this road yeah. trip to not lose any ground in in the races, and I yeah. think uh, we can now kind of separate the Eastern Conference into two mini leagues, which is mm. the uh, the Bruins, Rangers, Hurricanes, and Devils. I'm assuming at one point. 
we'll catch up to them and those four teams will kind of battle it out for the top spot in the conference at large and the Rangers, Hurricanes, and Devils, I'm sure will just battle for the Metro. Um, And then the, honestly, like the rest of the conference, because I've, I know the Leafs have won a couple in a row, but they've been pretty, pretty bad. And uh, I don't think there's very quick fixes coming for them. Uh, I guess the Panthers have been really good. So maybe they belong in that top mini league. But it's going to be like the Islanders, the Red Wings, uh, Lightning, Sabres, Penguins, Senators. Like, yeah, there's going to be like eight teams just battling for, for two wild card spots. Basically, yeah. So you, if you just look at you just got to look at it like that now for the mm-hmm. time being, unless the Islanders put a streak together, hot streak or a very cold streak. Uh, and so you got to keep pace with these teams. And I think yeah, getting two, two wins on this trip is probably the only way they can do that. Um, yeah. So somehow beating the Oilers with this new coach bounce, <laughs> you know, yeah. which I have no faith in them, them doing <laughs> like they win. If they win tomorrow night against the yeah. Oilers, all of a sudden you're just like, Oh God, like they yeah. just need to win one more of these next three games basically to come home and, yeah. and at least be in a decent spot for a three, three games to close out or to through the, uh, the holiday week with, two games against the Flyers and one against the Senators, which you're feeling decent about, even though one of them's a back-to-back. Like, yeah. Because uh, like you said, if, if let's just say they do put up an 0-for-4 spot. Hmm. Those next three games after the, the, the road trip are Flyers, Senators, Flyers. doesn't seem that daunting, but when you're in the midst of a 0-7-1 streak or whatever they're going to yeah. be in at the time, they all become daunting, and then it's, to, then it's devils hurricanes panthers like it's just it's they right. need to they they need to win games like they, yeah. they put themselves in a spot because they blew it against the hurricanes they blew it against the red wings and they blew it against the wild like they put yeah. themselves in a spot now where they actually need to upset some odds yeah i mean they they blew it against the wild for sure and the red wings for sure and a rookie goalie playing for the Capitals. And the Cap- back to back. I know. Like, that's true. Like, like, I'm giving them a pass. I'm giving them a pass because they played well against the team on the second half of back to back with Hunter <laughs> Shepard in goal. Yeah. It, and and th- I think you're right. Like, ultimately, you get four points out of these these four games and you you stay in the mix. Like, you don't fall off the wagon, basically. If you get more, then that's even great. Because then, like you said, if they can come back and, you know, it's funny because, like, I'm thinking about this now as bad as we've been you know, slamming this team this whole time. I could see them winning those three games against the Flyers and, and Senators, or at least taking, you know, five out of the six points. Like maybe, okay, fine, they lose an overtime in the back-to-back or maybe, you know, one of those games. That would that would probably be okay. But, like, if you lose all four of these, those points are going to mean a lot less, and it's going to be a serious problem for you. So they need to find two of these wins. They could, you know, if, if I'm going to pinpoint probably Seattle and Calgary, but, like, you know, yeah, but the, then if, if that's the case, by that point, they're on a six game losing streak. Exactly. Right? They're on a six game losing streak. <laughs> Everybody else is winning. The Rangers look like they, well, I guess they were, they were down against the Blue Jackets a second ago. But like you said, the Penguins have caught fire. The Caps are finally back in contention and the Devils will figure it out again eventually. The Penguins, you know, I, I mentioned the Penguins already, but uh, we just hate them so much. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you've, you've lost six games in a row and now all of a sudden you've got to build yourself back up. But again, like the Seattle game is on the second of a back to back with travel. And then, the Calgary game is your last on the road trip. Like you just want to get the hell home <laughs> before Thanksgiving. So I just don't know. I just don't, yeah. and I just don't see. And that's what drives me nuts about like, oh, these are winnable games. 
not the way this team is playing. No, they're not. Yeah. They're not wonderful games. <laughs> they're they're they look David versus Goliath right now. Yeah. Except Goliath has is a three seven and one team. You know, yeah. like that's that's where the Islanders are at. Right. That we're, I'm looking at the Edmonton Oilers and their right. three nine and one record, seven points in <laughs> in, in, in thirteen right. games. They're eight. 88 save percentage or whatever it is eight mm. <laughs> 864 yeah. actually uh save percentage um and i'm saying there's that's that's goliath right there <laughs> right. <laughs> come on this is yeah it's insane it's it's insane yeah. and and like a lot of what we've talked about has to change and so like if bo horvat returns to vancouver and scores a hat trick in that game and they walk out with a win uh, just on running on pure spite from Bo Horvat. Well, then God bless. Like I'll take you know. Uh, maybe the Oilers, you know, have a miscue, and you know the, the coach doesn't really do much, and all of a sudden everybody's kind of confused, and they win or walk out with a win, and that's great. They're gonna they're gonna need some luck, but they're gonna need to make their own luck too, and they're gonna need to start scoring goals. So I I hope that we come back and we're wrong. Like I don't want people to think about this. Oh, these guys are always so you know doom and gloom. A lot of times we are, but like I hope we're wrong. If we come back next week and like. You know, they've won four games in a row on this road trip and like, you know, they're back, you know, a point out of third place or something in the Metro. Well, then we'll take it. That'd be fantastic. But it just right now with the, with all the stuff that's going on around this team, it seems very, very, very hard to to envision that happening. And now a word from our sponsors. First is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, mugs and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales always go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY20 to save 20% off an order of two items. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, You mentioned the Oilers before and their pitiable... Goals against average. Their goaltending has been absolutely terrible this year. And they just fired their coach today on Sunday, Jay Woodcroft. It's funny because they won Saturday night. They had a huge win. Looked like it was going to get the heat off of them for a bit. And uh, no, they gassed him anyway. And they replaced him with Chris Knobloch, uh, who was coaching the Harvard Wolfpack uh, over the Rangers you know, farm team. Now he's going to go to Edmonton. The number of times I'm going to call him Chuck Knobloch, through the roof for sure. But I don't care because he's coaching the, the Oilers. But uh, before all of this happened, it was it's been an eventful week uh, for the Oilers because earlier they put their goalie, who was supposed to be their starting goalie, Jack Campbell, on waivers. He had signed a five-year, $5 million per year contract last year. was absolutely terrible. Rookie Stuart Skinner came in, played really well, was a finalist for the Calder Trophy. The Oilers made the playoffs, but Campbell was, he just had a terrible first year in Edmonton. People thought it was going to be different this year. It was not, and he's been terrible again. So they put him on waivers, which is, where we find our most recent episode of Master Leaf Theater. So, Mike, where were you 
when you heard that Jack Campbell had been placed on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. This was news all across Canada. Surely yeah, I, uh, this crossed your path. Yeah, I was uh, I was doing the dishes and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, yeah I saw the tweet come out and uh, it was you could almost you could almost hear I I know you you set Masters Leaf Theater to music mm. brilliantly um, but when that happened you can almost hear the music uh, to the tweets from from the different insiders coming out and saying. Oilers place Jack Campbell on on waivers. Like you could hear, there was some sort of music playing in the background, mm. um, and uh, yeah, I that uh the, the whole saga with 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 <laughs> Campbell and Skinner just not getting saves and uh, the way they talk about it on, on uh, Thirty Two Thoughts, especially it's just yeah, you, you think that like Jack Campbell is just is like one of their uh, like a loved one or something. Mm. Like we can't, you know, we're just we're just pulling for him. We're we've, you know, we've always rooted for this guy, Elliot. It's really hard to see this five million dollar a year person now. Well, to- he's worked him his way up. Yeah, and you know he's made it his own thing after you know his uh, weird college career. And now he's in the city. This hockey crazy, another hockey crazy market. You got to give him credit. At least, you know, he goes from Toronto to Edmonton. He's not afraid of these big markets um, and, and it's just not worked out for him. And, and we feel terribly for him, uh, even though he's now getting paid $5 million to letting goals for the Bakersfield condors. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was definitely a weird day. And, and, you know, people were, you know, on one hand, very cruel, but also they didn't want to say too much, you know, like, you know, well, this, it, it was like, the man who signed the contract, Edmonton GM Ken Holland, somehow managed to escape a lot of the criticism, and so did Jack Campbell. But yet somebody made a mistake somewhere, right? Like you know what what happened to this guy that he all of a sudden fell apart because he played well for the Leafs, and all of a sudden he just didn't play well here. And you know now they're going to have five million dollar a year American Hockey League goalie, which is not how everybody envisions things. But when you want the real pulse of the Edmonton market. You want to know what's really going on with the Oilers. There is only one man who you can go to, and it is venerable Oilers follower Mark Spector. Now, Mark Spector works for the Sportsnet right now. He used to work for the Edmonton Journal, I think. I don't even know who cares. But uh, nobody can take an Oilers uh, event and twist it into some sort of Faustian thing that you know uh en- encompasses uh all the big ones you know it's like biblical basically is what a specter does and he's never afraid to make things sound as if you are a dumbass and he was the guy who knew everything <laughs> uh you know before you uh and so this is our master leaf theater of the episode and again remember when we first started talking about this didn't necessarily mean we were only talking about the leaps and so this is our first ever non-leafs Master Leaf Theater, but it's definitely a good one. So this comes from an article uh, from last week, from November 7th, called Oilers GM Holland left to pick up pieces after Campbell bet ends with waivers. So already the title is this very sort of weird, in this weird syntax where I guess, I don't know if he's just tired or whatever, but he's kind of writing in this sort of weird way that you you often see when you read like, you know, Victorian era 
uh, text like Dickens or Poe or, you know, Bram Stoker, these types of people. It's like, get to the point, dude, seriously. Uh, but of course, that's how they wrote back then. So this is about midway through. And it's it's actually very funny. And, and just in a couple of short paragraphs, he really, really just beats this idea to death that they put this very expensive, very ineffective goalie on waivers. So he writes, now they wanted a true number one, and it was Holland's job to provide. To those who much is given, the old saying goes, much is expected. <laughs> Holland jumped to his fatal mistake, choosing Campbell. And today, that chicken roosts on the National Hockey League's waiver wire. Quote, <laughs> if you can be the starting goalie in Toronto, Connor McDavid declared that day, you can be the starting goalie anywhere. Not so fast, McDavid. <laughs> As it turns out, you couldn't find a hockey writer in Toronto who would have given Campbell a five-year, $25 million deal, nor did anyone we know in the goaltending industry think it was. But Holland fell into the trap. It is by far his worst bit of business and a largely successful five-year run as the Oilers' GM. Just, I mean, this is just one minute of, of reading here, and it's like that chicken roosts with the National Roost. Hockey League's waiver wire. <laughs> and and, and the, 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 those who much is given, much is expected. But the best part of this whole thing is that Spectre is saying that if you just asked a hockey writer, they would have told you not to sign this contract. Dude, what GM in, in any sport is going to go to a writer and be like, what do you, what do you think of uh, Jack Campbell there? Uh, think we should sign him to a five-year 25 million dollar deal nobody's gonna do that <laughs> what are you talking about uh my friend the royal half the great king's blogger had the best take on that he said the only reason an nhl gm would reach out to a hockey writer is if they are looking for a link to the ultimate bruce springsteen playlist that's it that's the only reason these guys should ever talk to write it's so <laughs> funny that's like well if you asked me i would have told you not to sign a thing dude nobody's asking you nobody's asking you <laughs> come on <sighs> give me a break Anyway, I just thought this was very funny. Like, yeah, it's great. I, 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 I'm trying desperately to do it while we're, we're recording here, but I'm trying to go back to the day that they signed Jack Campbell because I'm sure oh, that Mark Spector celebrated it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm, sure. <laughs> was like, I'm sure he did. You know, Ken Holland finally gets the Hoilers, the goalie that they've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and it's, it's, I, I'm happy you did this episode with, with the Oilers since they're playing them and, yeah, uh, the the Islanders are going into Edmonton tomorrow for for Chuck Knobloch's debut as <laughs> <laughs> so a coach of a National Hockey League team. Um, mm. Because there was also so it's cause it's gonna be crazy, and the I think the Islanders just generally are viewed as a just the other team that happens that that's there right. um, f- for the for the protagonists to play, yeah. so to speak, and so. So they're just going to be the background for for tomorrow, which is going to be crazy, um, with with this new coach that defi- they fired. Uh, was it was it Larry Brooks who called him yeah. Jay, Wood- Jay Woodcock? Jay Woodcock. It was Jay Woodcroft, <laughs> but to Larry Brooks, he was Jay Woodcock. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. If that, in the post, but that was kind of very funny. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, listen, man. It's a late night. What are you going to do for old? Yeah. Boys, you know? Um. <laughs> so I I I'm I'm just thrilled that the islanders are going to be there uh because i can't wait to hear like the, just the the adjectives that are handed to the islanders for uh 
for this game uh, yeah. in, in which they will inevitably lose to the Oilers and, and Chuck Knobloch's debut and <laughs> Calvin Pickard will probably be in goal for the, the Oilers. Oh, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just sets up. So it's, it's just going to be such an annoying day. And then, and then there's the Horvat game right after oh, that. Yeah, so it's just like these, these, this is just going to be, it's going to be hell for these next few days. <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm not i'm definitely oh, not looking God. forward to it and yeah. i love that this is all going out of it yeah that we got uh our our you know andrew gross will be flying into edmonton and it's just i just like to imagine him as as all these like you know canadian uh yeah. writers are, are running around and defcon 5 with the new coach <laughs> in town and then <laughs> there's there's andrew right. gross and i just i need to know if if, if he yeah. knows uh if the Oilers have made this trade, have made this change yet? Yeah, you know he's gonna be like, uh, wh- "Where's uh, where's the other guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and oh wait, one more one more thing to add here. Sorry, yeah. um, is that uh another wild uh wild another Oilers writer uh this one from the Athletic, Jonathan Wilson went mm-hmm. through this entire kind of. Here's how I'm coping with this move. Yeah. Um, Twitter thread where he talks about how accomplished Jonathan, uh, I mean, uh, Chuck Knobloch is with, uh, in like juniors, but then he was really bad in the AHL. Mm. Uh, and he's like having an argument with him, with himself <laughs> about, uh, whether this is going to be a good idea or not. But, uh, it, it goes from him talking about how he won titles in the WHL and OHL. Uh, and even without McDavid, his team has produced a ton of talent. Um, and it would be easier to feel good if, if about this if 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 Knobloch was coming off of uh, great major AHL success. There are guys like that out there. Uh, Woodcroft was was one of those was one of those for that matter. So it's just this like, incredible yeah. argument of of yeah. all this stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, so- well, that's Jonathan Willis, and and I've known him for a little while. He, he's a really nice guy, but yeah, he he also can get way, way, way deep into his head deep. to try. And yeah, it's a crazy thread. Things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so like, there's there's this all going on. Uh, this the Shakespearean tragedy going on in Edmonton. Right. I mean, here come the Islanders flying in with with Casey yeah. Sezikis telling the fans to stay home, and uh, uh, nobody could score. The <laughs> the coach is seemingly out of his depth. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Bolduke is still playing. Oh so like they're yeah. flying in as this absolute heaping heaping pile of just right. dross right now. <laughs> they're they're gonna come into this uh yeah. just insane atmosphere. Yeah, yeah it, it's just a horrible break. Like the Rangers Awful. the Rangers went through Alberta and, and the Pacific Northwest at just an unbelievable time. Mm. All these teams couldn't buy a win and the, the the Canucks they caught on a back to back and mm. now here come and they got Days off in between each game. Now the Rangers are off for six nights after tonight. Jeez. Um, yeah, and yeah, here come the Islanders, four and six, mm. uh, and only one day of travel to travel from Long Island yeah. to Edmonton. It's just uh, you mentioning Andrew Gross makes me think that there's one man who is actually going to go up to Gross and be like, "So, like, what's the deal with the Islanders?" And it's Gene Principe who does the, the TV <laughs> stuff for for Sportsnet. He's done it forever. He's way way too tan for a man who lives in edmonton all year long and and i could see him going be like so what's the deal with this team and and gross being like well they're you know they can't they can't hold a lead they can't take a lead they can't you know win the third <laughs> period and 
like, oh, what? Because what? Yeah, they used to be good defensively. Yeah, they used to be. You know, so I can imagine that that conversation happening. Yeah. But like, nobody else is going to care. Like the Mark Specters and Terry Joneses of the world, they're not going to give a shit about the Islanders. Like, you know, none of the broadcast crew, you know, doing a play by play, they're not going to care. So, I mean. I'm sure they're not going to talk about how good Brock Nelson has been or how good Noah Dobson's been. I don't think they're going to be like, wait, Noah Dobson has 12 points in 13 games this year. Really? Seriously? Or they're not going to care. And if anything, no. they'll talk about Corvette. So, uh, but yeah, so yeah. So brace yourselves. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to skip a couple of games, <laughs> skip the Edmonton and, and Vancouver games, dude, I would not, I would not blame you at all. The Seattle and Calgary games, you know, the Calgary game actually could be interesting because man, the flames have been all kinds of messed up this year. So uh, we shall have to see. Um, okay, real quick, a couple of things uh, before we uh, we sign off tonight. Uh, huge congratulations to the great Pierre Turgeon, who's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame on Monday. Uh, I'm not here to debate whether or not this is, you know, uh, you know, deserved. I don't care. He was a great Islander. We love him. He was a handsome dude. He played for the Islanders during a fun time. And that's all I care about. So good, good on him. Uh, we we're, of course, we're getting stories about his like little league prowess and not about, you know, the time he played for the Islanders. So that's, that's also part of it. But, uh, some guy named Henrik Lundqvist also making the hall of fame. Who cares? Uh, he's not Pierre Turgeon. So there you go. Uh, so that, that's kind of cool thing. So nice to see that. I completely forgot about that, but it was, it was cool to see Pierre, uh, get in there. Uh, this week. Oh, so last week we did another weird Islanders came out on Friday with our good friend, Arthur Staple. Uh, it's another multi-man episode featuring uh, an in-depth look at the legendary Michael Grabner for five trade <laughs> that went down just before training camp uh, and yielded a bunch of guys uh, who you know were Islanders for five minutes, and Christopher Gibson, who uh, hung around for a while and did some great things, but uh, not enough to hang around. And yes, we did talk about Carter Verhage, so that was a fun one, so check that out if you haven't already. Uh, the next episode of Win Islanders is actually going to run on Wednesday the 22nd because of the holiday i want to get that out so we're going to put that out on a wednesday also got a bit of a football theme to it so take a look for that but uh, definitely check out the episode with art it's always fun talking to him it's great having him back on the beat and so uh, we had to get him so it was a fun one too uh we're also doing a mailbag this week uh we are actually going to record it on tuesday so on monday at the patreon page island patreon.com islanders anxiety i'm going to put up the call for, for questions if you are a country club tier subscriber you can ask uh, and listen to the episode, which is going to come out Tuesday night. So get over to patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Sign up for the Country Club tier. Ask us a question and then listen to the episode on uh, Wednesday morning slash Tuesday night. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a quick turnaround for us. On, on a, Usually we have a couple of days to go, but this week obviously is packed to kill. So uh, that's our mailbag. Monthly mailbag uh, will be coming out uh, this week. So check it out. Uh, that's about it. Um, sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety for ad-free episodes and bonus content. Follow us on Twitter at Isles Anxiety Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our theme song is Morning Haze by Family Dinner. Listen to more of their music on Bandcamp and at Spotify. Uh, we found out a friend of a friend, a guy named Dan Clemens, is a big Islanders fan and listener to the show. So shout out Dan Clemens. Uh, but yeah, check out Morning Haze by Family Dinner and check out all the Family Dinner songs because they're great. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day if you must up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network. Learn more about them at fansfirstsports.com. Shop VintageIceHockey.com. Hey, listen, Kentucky Thoroughblades shirts in black are out now. They are dope as hell. Go buy them. That is the coolest, one of the coolest 90s hockey logos of all time. It's on a black shirt. You can wear it out. And people will be like, what the hell is a Kentucky Thoroughblade? Dude, it's like a, it's like a, a horse who's like jacked and he's got a stick and blades. It's awesome. I love it. 
Check it out, vintageicehockey.com. And then obviously try wines from the Pinot Project as well. Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Any final thoughts this week? Oh, read Mike's work at Action Network and listen to his work at Action Network podcast as well. Any final thoughts on the week, the incredibly unsuccessful week that was the potentially unsuccessful week that is coming up, <laughs> uh, your sister's wedding, the Garden City Hotel, whatever else is on your mind. Uh, yeah, all, all I've got to <laughs> say now is that that we we do seem to be at a uh, a junction here at yeah. um, at this Islander season and um, teetering on the brink of something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and um, it does feel like that. Uh, the past few weeks since since the the first week of the season, like the next three have kind of all been leading up to to this exact crossroads. And I think if we go one direction um, and everyone can kind of take a deep breath and go into the holidays, uh, man, that would be a dream. Um, but it also feels like a dream. Um, and the fact that uh, the, the fan base is calling for heads to be put on spikes outside of uh, UBS arena is, um, is, is worrying. I don't think unwarranted despite what uh, our dear friend, Mr. Dian Islander said. Uh, I do think that there's definitely some credence, although I will say that uh, I don't know if those even solve any issues, which is kind of the scariest part of this all. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I guess uh, I'm just kind of dreading watching the islanders again yep it's a familiar familiar spot (laughs) very much so very much so and uh it's familiar i don't like it and (laughs) i hope that things change and we will talk again next week and we'll see where we're at and if this road trip goes as poorly as we think it will uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty bad it's gonna make what casey sezika said uh, seem very, very tame by comparison. Yeah, all of a sudden, we're going to start saying that about them. Just stay home. <laughs> just stay home, man. <laughs> Please just, just stay, home. stay home. I don't. Know. We don't have time for this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be bad. But we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. You never know. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another episode of Islanders Anxiety. And uh, again, check out our mailbag. Check out Weird Islanders. And uh, just uh, listen to us uh, wherever you can and let everybody know. All right, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.